battle for she craved. Well, that's where we all would meet. Skipping rocks, skipping school. Daddy taught us a golden rule with an old camp home. A shady spot to sit. We learned everything we knew down on Bougie Creek. Yeah, we learned everything we knew. Cause we lived down on Bougie Creek. You listen to the Foshi Creek Podcast. I'm Joby Holland. With me is uh, Shed Whitaker of Mossy Oak. And today's episode, we have Mr. Doug Hampton, uh, formerly of uh, Jury Outdoors, and and now his own show, uh, The Rival. So, Doug, uh, appreciate you being here. Thanks for getting out of the tree for a little bit uh, to come visit with us today. I appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm glad I finally got my technical difficulties <laughs> out of the way, and, and we can roll with this thing. You know, I have had the good fortune to, to be able to watch you uh, kill some big bucks, and it's it's kind of tough over the years. You can go out and you can find a big buck, drag him down and get him and have him on a hit list. But it's, it's, it's hard to hit a zoom button or whatever it is. I, I struggle. <laughs> of course, I struggle yeah. with the big monster deers all the time and the zoom, the technology part. So that's right. Well, Doug, tell us a little about what you, are you in Illinois right now? I'm in Illinois right now. Uh, last year, uh, last year I bought my own farm actually. And so I, I did not even shoot a, shoot a deer on the farm last year i had a couple of really old bucks that i would have took if they would not have outsmarted me but uh i got the farm so late in the year i didn't have time to put in food plots or do anything that i needed to do and so i just basically roughed it and i ended up passing every deer i I never knew that owning my own farm that i would become so picky as far as deer i would i got into the one more year one more year well let's see what he looks like next year the good news is most of my deer made it, so I am actually getting to see them this year. In the last two days, I've saw three of my four-year-old bucks, and when they walked by, I said, I wonder what they'll look like next year. So, <laughs> now, what, what part of uh, Illinois is your farm in? Well, it's, you know, have you ever heard of the blue hole down below? Uh, it's below the old stump. It's down, it's down that way. Good, uh, hey, good answer, Doug. Good answer. Don't give him nothing. I'm, I, I'm actually in Gallatin County, uh, Southern Illinois, is where I'm at. I know all about that place. Do you really? Yeah, hunt there all the time when you're not are there. You, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you better not be. Hey, you know I got a, I got about 40 cameras going on that place now, so I'll know it if you're there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Doug, what you said, you just bought the property last year. Yes, sir. You know, that's, uh, I'm not a land owner and I've always wanted to be and getting close to doing that. And of course you, you always think about some of the negatives too, that you're going to deal with when you're not there, trespassers, people stealing your stuff, hunting your ground. And so you weigh the, the, the pros and the cons. How's it been now that you took that step? Is it everything you thought it would be and that you hoped it would be, or have you had some issues? It's actually been better than I thought it would be. Uh, I, I was I, I was on my guard for that stuff. I mean, I knew it was going to happen, so I did the, the proper things. I went and marked the property very, very well. And uh, the property supposedly, there's two fingers, supposedly had not been hunted in a long time. But 
whenever I got in there and got to look and I found some old stands and things like that. So I knew people were slipping over there here, here and there because nobody was supposed to be hunting it. And, uh, as soon as, as soon as I started making some traffic in there, I started getting some calls from the people around there after they saw that I was the guy that, that owned it. And they asked me, did I hunt and this, that, and the other. And, and so for the most part, I had a lot of cameras and man, you hate to say something and then have to go back. But for the most part, as far as I know, nobody's been messing with anything. I've got a couple of people, uh, more during the summer than any time that were, uh, that were in there just joyriding or what have you. But, uh, uh, I, ha- I have a game warden, matter of fact, that, that hunts on the property right next to me now. So that's actually a really, really good thing. Sure is. And, uh, yeah, so, so we communicate. I've got his cell phone number, and if I have any issues, he's the first one I'm going to be calling. Doug, give us a little background so the listeners can hear, you know, who you are, kind of, you know, what you do, what you've done, uh, family, whatever you want to include in that. But who who is Doug Hampton? Well, I guess who I am, first of all, I wouldn't be myself without the good Lord. I, I'm 100%. I believe in Christ. I'm a Christian. Uh, I, I'm a sinner, but I'm a Christian, and I try to do I try to do right. Uh, I just try to do right. But uh, that being said, that's, that's first in my life. That's number one, and I'm a family man. I, I love my family. I love to deer hunt. Uh, deer hunt. Deer hunting has has been my thing since I was a little kid. My, my grandfather took me when I was four years old. I saw my first deer. And more than that, I got to experience deer camp. And where I'm from, uh, and to this day, we still do not have power. We, we, we cook our food on a wood-burning stove. We, we have gas. We do have that. Uh, we have a fireplace for heat. And we just rough it like they did back in the day, so mm-hmm. to speak. We we live in a 1900 model uh, house. That's our deer camp, and so I still, even though I hunt the Midwest and I I do, uh, I, I go all over the place, and and I always make sure and I make it back. I make it back for opening the deer season because that's where I started. That's where my grand grandfather took me, and and from the first time I ever went there, uh, I've just made it back every year, no matter what was happening. I've, I've literally, and I hate to say this, I've quit jobs for it. Uh, I used to be a, a construction worker, worked on the pipeline. And if somebody told me, hey, you're not going to be able to go home for deer season, I said, okay, well, I'm going to give you a two-day notice. <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving two-day. Yeah. And that's just what I, that's just always how, I, how I've been. Uh, my grandfather, he, he passed away. Uh, it's, been, it's been quite a while now. There's not a time that I get in that deer stand, I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and he told me something that really stuck with me. And he said, and this was when he was on his deathbed and he was laying there and, and I was actually building him a deer stand right outside his window. And, uh, I I think in his heart, he knew he was never going to get to sit in that stand, but I didn't care. Uh, I, I built that stand, built it for him. And, uh, whenever I went in there, he said, son, he said, I know you love to hunt and I know you take off work and you do this, that, and the other. He said, but if you can at all help it, don't ever stop that. He said, you never know how many more Novembers you're going to have. And so uh, that really, really stuck with me. And uh, I, I make 
you know, don't get me wrong. I, I gave you my priorities is God, family, but deer hunting comes in there right, right after. Yeah. And so I, my priorities are to enjoy life. I work. I, I, um, I'm, I guess you could say entrepreneur. I started, uh, I started in the oil field and then I went to, uh, I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to do something that afforded me time to go deer hunt during the fall. Uh, instead of having to quit my job every year, honestly. And uh, it's worked out for me really good. I, I uh, started buying a lot of rental property. And uh, so I manage that rental property. I've got, got quite a few properties now. And uh, I've been doing that. I've been doing a little bit in, that, in the health business, helping folks get healthy. That's been really good as well. Uh, so so that's, that's, that's who I am. I'm, a, I'm always looking to deer hunt. I'm looking for... Uh, new places to deer hunt, uh, big deer. Uh, I've changed a lot over the years as a deer hunter, as far as what, what makes me happy. I'm, I'm, and like I said earlier, I'm kind of going through that phase to where I'm becoming more of the gamekeeper. I'm more interested in growing these deer and seeing what I can do with them. And so it, it's, it's hard because I, I am a hunter and don't get me wrong. I, I love to take a nice deer. But I want people to think, oh, well, he's not shooting that deer. Well, you know, everybody would be glad to shoot that deer. Yeah, I understand that. But I also want to get a deer to to his potential. You know, and you're only allowed so many tags. So uh, a lot of times deer get passed over. It goes goes back to the deer I uh, ended up taking in Kansas uh, November the 3rd. I, it's not that that wasn't a really, really good deer. But uh, over the years, I just had better deer of the same age class. And then you keep passing, you know, in Kansas, you're allowed one tag. You keep passing and you keep passing and you keep passing. Well, eventually, you know, I, I had a seven and a half year old deer that I was going to hunt last year. The problem is I did not get a tag. So my wife had a tag and we went and we hunted that deer really, really hard. And uh, we never never saw him never got a shot at him all we could do is get him on game camera and uh so this year he was number one going into it and i was lucky enough to uh to end up taking that deer november the third when i when i got when when that deer came out i'm here to tell you i don't know what the deer scored i i don't get into scores i'm not going to tell you I, I never score a deer but i don't get into that that's not why i hunt that's not what i'm about if I, if I have a particular deer just like that one, when I saw that deer, you, it might as well have been a 200. My leg went to shaking, and I was just, oh, my goodness, I couldn't believe it. And I was self-filming. Of course, you're trying to be the cameraman first, but ultimately you still have to get a make a good shot on the deer. And, uh, man, my legs were shaking. And when I, when I, when I pulled the trigger, or, <laughs> as my buddies like to say, when I squoze the trigger on that deer, <laughs> I knew it was a perfect shot. I knew I knew he was not going to go very far, and uh, and what a feeling! You know, it goes back the same feeling I had on my first year. Yeah. I get that feeling every mm -hmm. time. Never and, gets uh, up, never gets I, old, I does that, it? I hope it never gets old. Yeah. I hope it never. I hope it never goes away. Uh, if it ever did, you know, everybody says I'll quit hunting. Well, that's me. I'll quit mm -hmm. hunting. You know, and I think that's the one thing about you that I think a, a lot of viewers really liked about you, myself included. 
was just your genuineness, your excitement when you kill one. It wasn't fake. It wasn't put on. I mean, that's, that was just what you were feeling. And, and people that haven't hunted haven't experienced that. And, you know, the, there is an evolution as a hunter. And you, you talk about that from what was meant something to you when you were 14 or 25 when you're trying to just get some under your belt, you know, to where you are now, more of a game manager. And then also, uh -huh. I, I know from my own experiences, when I sat in a tree stand, Every single time I'm thinking about uh, both my grand my grandpas and people that's come before me, my dad when he took me hunting. There's just so many things that go with it besides that buck that's on a hit list, and a lot of people don't yeah. don't see that aspect of it because if it was just that, you wouldn't keep coming back for more, you know. That's right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it, it, hunt hunt. You know, it it truly is. It's a heritage. It's it's what it's what I grew up doing from a kid. I mean, from a little kid, and when it comes into I, I'm going to fight for it. Whatever I have to do, I'm going to fight for it. Uh, I know what it's done for me. And hunting has literally been my drug. Mm -hmm. it, it has. Everything that, that that people get into for to get their kicks, to get their highs, hunting has always done it for me. That's. I don't see how it can get any better. Yeah, I, no. I just don't see it. And it's almost like, well, if these people experience what, what I experience – they, they wouldn't be doing some of the things, but you know, that's just me. It's what I grew up doing. And, uh, I, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, the, the, the Bible says it's okay to hunt yeah. and that's, that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know <laughs> as a kid. If, if it's okay, I, I'm going to do it and I, I'm going to try to be good at it. But you know, I, I get my butt kicked just like everybody else. Oh yeah. And I take it, I take it personal with these deer when they kick my butt i had i had a buck just yesterday just yesterday afternoon you know they're locked down pretty good right now in southern illinois it doesn't mean they're not moving they are the doe's still going to get up and eat and and the buck's going to be right behind her and i i had my target buck which <laughs> isn't is a buck old enough that uh he, he doesn't have any eye guards none whatsoever so he's basically just a big seven point but let me tell you something. He's a big seven point. And I thought this deer was dead. Thought he was gone. And uh, I went out there during the middle of the summer, actually, and I come across one of his sheds. How I did that, I'll never know. I just basically about stepped on it. And I, I quit getting pictures of him last year. And then I found his shed in the summer. And I said, if you're, if you're around this year, you will be a good one to, to get on. So uh he's he's actually number one and he is by far the the highest scoring deer i have but once again i'm not into that when i when i when i get a crack at him and i'm gonna get a crack at him uh it, it's it's gonna be good i'm gonna i'm gonna get that feeling again that's what i'm after but uh he uh he he eluded me yesterday he came out and he was he was coming right to me it and he had a doe right in front of him and you know how they do. He threw his neck out, and he started doing that trot. Yeah. And when he started doing it, instead of just keeping on coming the direction she was coming, instead she just turned and she ran back the exact same way she came from. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, I can't stand the run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can outsmart a deer. I feel like I feel like I can do that. Uh, a lot of the times, I can outsmart them. I can out. I feel like I can. There's about a seven or eight day period right now that you, 
and I never say hunting's just luck. I I never say that. But right now, it's going to a whole lot of luck will help you. I yes, sir. You. Yes, it will. Yeah. Hey, Doug, what does the phrase "woo pig suey" mean to you? Woo pig suey. Well, okay, it's starting to mean a whole lot more than it used to. Uh, that goes back to the same thing. I was about the same age when I learned how to hunt. When when the Razorbacks came along, you know, and and uh, I've been a hog fan, even though the last probably eight years, eight to ten years, have been really, really tough on on all of us hog fans. Uh, uh, yeah, I love the Razorbacks now, and and when we beat Alabama. Here, uh, in a, I'm kidding. <laughs> It'll be a year or two. Maybe, it, you know. I tell you, there is not, my daughter graduated from University of Arkansas, and she uh, mm-hmm. she works at a hospital down in Little Rock now. And But uh, there are no more passionate fans. I don't care anywhere. I know Alabama's got theirs, but it doesn't matter if yeah. they're 0-10, 10-0. There's no more passionate fan than a Razorback fan. And it's it's almost like I don't care if there's a golf match because I spent a lot of time in Arkansas and you'd be sitting around. I don't care if it's a golf match on TV. If University of Arkansas is playing golf, nobody's doing anything. If you speak up during it, you know, hey, oh, hold it down. We're watching the, you know, yeah. golf match. It didn't matter what yeah. it is, but I mean, it's like a yeah. every every game day is like a national holiday down there. Things shut down, so it's it, it's impressive yeah. that loyal that loyal fan base. Well, the last eight eight to ten years, it has been really, really easy to decide to go hunting instead of <laughs> watching the hogs play on yeah. Saturday. I promise you, I have not missed many sits. Now this year, I did. I missed I actually missed a few, but but uh, everything's been going my way this year so far, and and you take the good with the bad. So I haven't hunted as much as I normally have, uh, as much as I normally would, but I've been successful. Uh, a lot more than I normally am at this time of the year. So yeah. I'm just uh, blessed in that sense. Well, Doug, tell us a little bit about, you know, you first came to kind of prominence where people started knowing who you were, you know, kind of with Drury Outdoors and, and Dream Season, the journey. And tell us kind of how that evolved and your experiences uh, working with the juries. Gotcha. Well, uh, so so my I'm just like everybody else. I, I had that dream that one of these days I wanted to wanted to hunt on TV and and you know the dream season show came along and uh I ended up it, it, it's it's crazy it's one of those the good lord put me in that position because there's no other way to explain it but one of the guys that hunted with them was hunting at an outfitter and that's kind of how I got got to know everybody is is i ended up filming a little bit first and uh one thing led to another and i ended up getting my shot to to actually go hunt a little bit and it and it all really worked out but you have to understand this whenever i started hunting with the juries i was not this great big buck killer by any means not not in the furthest stretch of the imagination all of that started uh, about the same time I started hunting in the Midwest. And don't get me wrong, we have decent deer in Arkansas. We have old deer, but as far as high scoring and things like that, I mean, 115, 120-inch deer is a giant there. But it may be a five- or six-year-old deer. And so I was used to killing mature deer, but I was not used to killing, you know, the 140s, 150s, 160s, and so on and so forth. And so I didn't have a resume. 
I, I just did. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't, I didn't work my way into it where, where I really worked my way into it was more behind the camera than anything else. And, uh, I learned a lot, you know, they, they would put on filming schools and things like that. And I would go and I would listen and, and, uh, those guys know what they're doing. You'll, you'll never hear me say anything negative about those guys. They, they have, they have got it down. They know what they're doing. They're professionals. Uh, I don't even have to tell you what Mark knows about killing a deer. He, he, he's, I mean, him, him, Lee Lakoski, you just, those, those guys are, and I could go on and on and on with the name dropping as far as, as far as people that know how to get on huge, mature deer. Uh, but I, I have nothing but good things to say about them. They've helped me. Uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, period, without them. Uh, and, and I've just learned a lot from them. They, they still put on great shows. And uh, I, I have a lot of friends uh, in the industry because of those guys. How many years did you spend on the dream season? Six or seven? I think, uh, yeah, about, I think about seven years. Yeah, and what a fun show. You know, that show was that show was amazing. The, the funniest thing about that was I used to watch that show before before I ever had a uh, chance to be a part of it. And so when you watched the Outdoor Channel back in those days, you'd sit there and watch that show, and you'd, you'd just, when you turn the TV off, you was like, man, I, that would be like my dream come true to get to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those guys. I got to got to live my dream, actually. And and it was a, a crazy, crazy. It would take me hours to tell you how it all transpired. But uh, it, it just worked out. And I ended up uh, ended up making the team. And and, uh, you know, it was a grind. Don't get me wrong. I don't want, I want you to think it's easy. Uh, I sacrificed a lot to do that show, which ultimately is is why uh, I decided, decided to back, back off a little bit. And, uh, because it was, it was a grind. It was a competition. It was constantly trying to beat the other team and trying to kill more deer and bigger deer and, and do more and produce more. And there's so many factors that sometimes it made hunting, believe it or not, where it just wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, I'm all about hunting being fun. You know, I, you'll never hear me get on somebody else for doing doing their thing and hunting their way as long as it's legal. As long as it's legal, mm -hmm. get after it. You know, uh, I can't tell you what shoot. I can't tell you what not shoot. I can give you my opinion on why I do what I do, but that's it. Yeah. Ultimately, it's up to everybody to do their thing. But yeah, as far as as far as that goes, the the juries, I, I have nothing but good things to say about them. Now you had to be a different person, different hunter, when you walked out of there than the than the Doug Hampton that walked in. Are, are there any key takeaways that you that that benefited you that you could share that uh, might help somebody as far as just little takeaways from them that they do that maybe you, you didn't know before or experienced before that's assisted you? Right. So so here's the thing. I, I was never I was never that guy to pass a lot of deer. And whenever I started doing that and I got to experience other places, I got to experience the Midwest and, and, uh, see 
what the Midwest had to offer. And, and not just the Midwest, but I got to hunt everywhere, out west, uh, even out in uh, Ohio and places. It's, I got to hunt a lot of different places. And so seeing all these people kill all of these big deer on TV, it made me, it made me become more uh, aware of what I was doing instead of just, you know, I almost felt like, man, these guys aren't, these guys aren't, uh, aren't just shooting the first buck that walks by. <laughs> and, uh, like I say, I've always, I've always tried to be management minded, but I didn't, I didn't understand the age classes of deer as far as that goes. I'm, I'm more managed by what they had on their head. And, uh, I guess the biggest thing that I've changed over the years from doing that is I don't just look at inches. I look at age yeah. and I'll shoot a deer for age before I will inches any day long. Now, don't get me wrong. If you got one that's six and a half standing next to another six and a half and there's a 50 inch difference, <laughs> which one are you going to shoot at? I'm just like everybody yeah. else, the biggest one, Yeah. you know? So, uh, but that, I, I guess that would be number one is learning how to age deer and how to, uh, become more selective, I guess you would say. With, with all your, your travels and the places you hunted, what made you pick Illinois over somewhere else to buy a farm? So, <laughs> you know, it, it it's a very, very funny. I'll give you the very quick story. I was actually fixing to buy a farm in Kansas. Kansas. Kansas is where I love to be. And I was buying a farm in Kansas, so I thought, and I put in an offer and I thought, man, they're going to take this. I'm fixing to be headed to Kansas, you know. The guy told me, he said, nope, can't take it. And I'm like, it, it just got into, I couldn't believe he didn't take my offer. It almost defended me, you know, like, man, I made you a good offer and you didn't take it. Well, I called a buddy of mine It, it just a few minutes later, and I was going to ask him about something. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm sitting here crying in my, you know, sitting in my own tears from losing this farm I was trying to buy and he said, man, you don't need to buy land there. You need to come to Illinois. And I was like, well, what you got going there? He said, man, I know where a farm is right down the road that you would probably love. And you could get it, you know, for a price you could afford. And and uh, I said, well, you know, it was kind of, I guess they call that in relationships, a rebound deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about that, but. Well, if you can rebound for a 170 or 180, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, you know, I, I I literally came the next week after that happened, and I I ended up, I looked at the farm that he was wanting to show me. I really didn't like it, but I saw another farm when I, when I was there, and I was like, what about that one? And so the process started, um, you know, trying to work the deal and trying to, trying to get it all worked out and it's it's just i'm like every other uh hunter my dream is to own my own ground and and manage my own farm and so you know i got to thinking one day i was like you know i'm not, i'm not promised anything i'm not promised another day why wouldn't i want to go ahead and even if i have to stretch a little bit and go ahead and reach out and and buy this farm and so I, I, I was sitting up on the top of the hill. It's a great big old ridge up there. And I was sitting on that ridge and I was standing there and, and I said, Lord, if, if, if you could give me a sign and just 
anything to let me know that this is what I'm supposed to do. And then this 180-inch deer. No, I'm kidding. I Ran over you. But, but <laughs> comes, and he tripped me, and I got mad. And I said, you know what? I'm going to kill you. But, uh, so I was, I, but I was standing there, and I, and I was like, Lord, give me a sign. Like I, I just had butterflies, and I knew I wanted to do it and didn't know if I could do it. And, uh, and about that time, this green hummingbird flew down and literally landed right in front of me. And I was like, that's all I got to see because my grandmother, uh, she, her thing was hummingbirds. And, and it just, it, it was almost like, all right, I asked for the sign and there it is right there. That hummingbird bird lit right in front of me. And uh, I said, that's all I need to know. I literally walked down that ridge and went and called him and said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take it. And uh, and so that started 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 my dream. And uh, I've just been working at it ever since. So. And, you know, you don't see a lot of hummingbirds out in the wild unless you got a, at the house with a feeder. You know, they, you it go, was it. I, I, I don't know that I ever have. I don't yeah, know. That I don't I know ever, I have either. I don't know that I ever have. But but I was sitting there wanting that sign. And I just knew, and, and here's the other thing, <laughs> the good Lord was good to me, right? Because I had already asked for a sign earlier in the day, literally. And uh, I was like, give me a sign. And I'm looking at the place on the right. I'm just looking over there while I'm driving. I said, give me a sign. Is this what I'm supposed to do? And I saw something to my left and I looked and there was a, there was a big buck standing there. And I said, well, okay, well, all right. I just don't know if that's my sign or not. But, but up there on that, up there on that ridge, uh, I, I had no doubt then. And I, I decided to go ahead and do it. And man, I, I, I sure don't regret it. I'll tell you that. I love it. when I'm on that place. I, I, I'm in love with it. I feel like I'm at home. Seriously. You know, Doug, you mentioned you, you've had a good season to this point and, and, of course, we got a ways to go in the season. Tell us about, and you mentioned a little bit, but kind of what that early success has been for you, uh, what you've done, and where you've done it at. Right. So, so my season always starts, and my season pretty much revolves around my son. I've got, I've got three sons, but I've got one right now that's at the house, and he really loves to hunt. His name's Eli, and so everything revolves around him. I always start with him in uh, the early season. And he ended up uh, he ended up taking a really nice 150 class deer. Uh, I always let him shoot. <laughs> he always gets a chance at my biggest buck. And at the time, that was the biggest buck I had there, as far as uh, as far as that I had on camera. And uh, he ended up taking that one. And whenever I film a hunt, it's just like killing it to me. It's 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 no different. And uh, I filmed him shoot that one. We only had two days, and he ended up getting that deer and then and we went came up to to my farm that i bought and i put in a lot of work a lot of food plots and i i uh i had it ready for him and uh we ended up we ended up shooting a five and a half year old buck and so that was the first kill on my illinois farm super nice buck and i i couldn't be more excited well after that you know with him having uh with him having two two deer down it was time for me to go hunt. So uh, I took my bow out and went went over to the river bottoms in Arkansas where I hunt a lot. 
and I ended up killing a really nice buck with my bow. Uh, I, I had back surgery. Uh, couple, well, I guess it's been about almost three years now. It might have been. No, it's been three years now. Uh, and so I was super, super nervous because whenever I was coming back from back surgery, I couldn't pull a, a regular compound bow back. I could pull it back, but it was the pain that I would feel for weeks afterwards. It just wasn't worth it. And so that first year I had to hunt with a crossbow. And uh, going into the next year, I thought, again, I was going to have to hunt with a crossbow. So uh, I ended up, I, I swallowed my pride uh, and swallowed my, my uh, or got my ego in line. And somebody told me, hey, you can still shoot a bow. You'll just have to drop the pounds down. And I'm sitting here going, man, I'm strong. It's not It's not that I can't pull the bow back. It's just that that, that little bit of movement, it just tweaks my back some kind of awful. And uh, so, like I say, I swallowed my pride and I dropped my pounds. I dropped it down to 59 pounds on my bow. And I went back to shooting a bow. And let me tell you something. Every time that I shoot a, a buck with my compound bow, it's special. Yeah. It's special. And I'll tell you this, I learned 59 pounds is deadly. <laughs> you, you can do a lot with 59 pounds. And uh, so I ended up uh, taking that bow over and, and uh, ended up shooting one in Arkansas and then uh, went to Kansas. I ended up uh, shooting that Arkansas buck uh, at about my limit. I don't like, I don't like to shoot over 45 45 to 50 yards and ended up uh shooting him at 45 yards uh, eating under a persimmon tree so uh made a perfect shot he didn't run 60 yards and uh then i went to kansas ended up shooting an eight and a half year old buck and uh made a made a great shot on him and era blew through 59 pounds and uh so i i just love bow hunting it's 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 my first love but uh We've we've taken four up till up till now, and uh, if that doe wouldn't have done what she did yesterday, I'd have five. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna make I'm gonna make her pay for it. Well, old shed had a had a good experience with the buck in uh, in Kansas. Kansas is your favorite place, isn't it, uh, Doug? Or oh yeah, yeah. And right I now, hate, right... I hate Kansas. I absolutely hate that place. <laughs> we got two ends of the spectrum on Kansas right now. Uh, yeah. Tell him about your Kansas shit. I, I know you'd like to tell it again. Well, I really don't want to talk about it. No. <laughs> but I had, I, I don't know, that deer's probably 190. And oh, wow. <laughs> you just and, hurt my feelings uh, just saying that. I had him. I had him. Always a smart aleck in the room, isn't it, Doug? 50 to 15 yards for felt like forever uh yeah. my cardiologist would probably say the same thing because i felt like i had a heart attack after he was in there but i don't know maybe 10 minutes and he had a doe hemmed up in some cedars and everything in front of the tree stand had been cleaned out and everything behind it hadn't and a treetop had fell across from behind me there'd been a tornado come through there uh maybe last summer yeah and so the came in behind it and i just couldn't get a I'd range him and it, you know, I'd bounce from 25 to 50 and then I'd think, okay, I had it and I'd go to draw back and he'd move. And he yeah. had a 140 inch buck with him that was pushing him all over the place. And he was keeping a doe between himself, that doe 
and uh, keeping himself between that other buck, and I just couldn't get it, couldn't get it done. Yeah, uh, he's, he's probably yeah, he's one of the biggest deer I've ever laid my eyes on in yeah. in the wild that I've had that close. That I'm, uh, I somebody will probably kill him, so I get an idea what he is. Yeah, I, I've taken one shot at a 190 inch deer, and it did not. It did not work out for me. He got a <laughs> he got a little haircut on the top of his back. I should have shot. I mean, I mean, I should have just thrown something up in there. And it, probably the odds are he was paying so much attention to that doe and that other buck. He probably wouldn't even known. But I yeah. just he was so big. And I wanted to make sure it was a good shot. And that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's me. I, I'm way more. I'm way more worried about making a good shot than getting a shot. So yeah, and I mean. I shoot rage, so I know if I hit him in the yep. middle of the body, he's going to die. Oh, I do he's too. I do too. The, I, I, both of my bucks, they did not go far, and yeah. and that's just something I can't get away from. You know, I you'll see me on social media. I'll say, "You shoot yours, I'll shoot mine," and uh, I don't care what people think about them. I've got about 15, 15 years worth of, or fourteen or fifteen, whatever it's been since I found out about them. And, uh, that's all I shoot. That's all I shoot. I can't see myself ever changing. I'll be honest. Because no. if I, I've only, I've lost one deer, and it wasn't. It was because of my fault. I just shot him high. It wasn't yeah. Brian's fault. You're exactly right. So, so that brings me to this: never, never blame a broad broadhead for a bad shot. <laughs> you know? and, and, and how many times do you see that? You know, I mean, everybody. I, I love social media. But never blame a broadhead for a bad shot. No, if it, if it you take that rage and you put that three inch gap through his middle middle of his body, he's dead as a hammer. It yeah, may take him a few hours, but he, most of the time, ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like anybody else. I've had I've had one or two deer that I've hit, but you know, I'll be honest with you, they they ducked and I hit them high and. When you hit them high like that, if you don't if you don't catch the right the right artery, it's just it's not going to work out for you. you know? So Doug, with it being the time of year it is here, you know, with with, with the rut taking place in most of the Midwest, what are there any strategies you would suggest for people to to try and use? Is, is there anything that has worked especially well for you? Well, what I, what I would love to say. It's kind of one of those, I, I can't say it because I'm not practicing what I preach. <laughs> I always, every year I say, I'm going to sit all the way through the day. I'm going to yeah. sit all day long. And the truth of the matter is, if you want your odds to go up, sit through the day. And so it, it's more it's more about intrusion than anything, right? When you're coming in and going out, you are letting those deer know that you're there. Yeah. And, and, and so... If, if I'm going to hunt somewhere that I'm going to, you know, I, if, if the wind's got me or something like that, I, I will, uh, I may move during the middle of the day, but a lot of times I want to go to a spot and I want to sit there and I want to stay there and entry and exit, you know, you can get away, you can get away with a lot deer in the rut. Those deer, honestly, they just don't care right now. Mm -hmm. They're, they're worried about one thing and one thing only. And that's why so many great big mature bucks get killed right now. Yeah, you know it's because they let their guard down. We all we all know that, but there may be somebody that doesn't. So uh, entry, exit, 
and getting in there you do more damage when you're coming and going than you do when you're actually in the stand i believe that you know you mentioned one of the things you learned with the juries was you know passing up passing up deer and letting them letting them get bigger and giving yourself a chance to to get that next class or next size or yeah. more mature deer mm-hmm. what what would you tell somebody as far as what you do with that being said to get on a big buck when you know your place there in illinois or wherever your hunting's got good deer on it what and i'm sure that entry and exit it plays a big part there as well yeah. but what do you do to try to get on those big ones and get it done yeah so so everybody knows game cameras game cameras I run a lot of game cameras, and I will throw game cameras. I, you know, one thing I one thing I learned last year is I put up a lot of cameras because I thought I was going to have the poaching issue. Yeah, I put a lot of cameras up on roads and things like that. I'd climb up in trees and put them pointed down to try to catch people. And believe it or not, I was I learned a lot about deer movement right there because I ran so many cameras. And those cameras or those deer are going to stick. A lot of times they're going to stick to those open roads during the rut. During right now, they're going to run those roads and ridges. They're going to do that. And uh, that I, I say the biggest tip is run as many cameras as you can afford. And there are some really, really good cheap cameras that you can use. Sometimes the batteries and the cards are going to end up costing you about what the camera do. Mm-hmm or does but uh i uh i run a lot of cameras i move a lot of cameras around and uh i I just make sure and figure out what i feel like lives on my place try to do that beforehand that way i know at least what the homebody bucks are and uh i'll try to make me a list of these are deer that i'll shoot these are deer that i won't shoot and, I, and I'm trying to go by age. Now, I've got one or two that, uh, you know, one or two that are right there on the bubble that, that I hate to say, oh, I'm not going to shoot this deer. And, and what I call those deer, game time decisions. That's what I call them. But, uh, yeah, I run, I run, and I try to, I try to take my uh, cameras, I try to put them on scrapes, obviously. And if you can get them on scrapes before the rut, and even right after the rut, so you got two really good periods. You got pre-rut, and then you got you know the trolling, where where they're looking for those last doe. And so if if you go back to hitting, you know, putting them on scrapes then, and go to hunting scrapes real hard. But right now, get in the best funnel, get in the best place that you know you're going to have deer concentrating and running through. A lot of times, these big old deep ravines that the wind, you know, if you can. If you can keep the wind from getting you, uh, a lot of times in the mornings, those are really, really good places. So uh, I, I'm, I'm still learning my farm, and I put in a lot of food this year, a lot of food. And so right now, I'm, I'm hunting, coming to, and, and going from uh, these food plots and, and right on the edge of them just as well. So lots of cameras. Camera, you cannot replace the the MRI most recent information from a game camera. And so if, if you're yeah, for Christmas, if you, everybody says, well, I don't know what to get you from Christmas game yeah, camera, $28 game <laughs> camera from Walmart, <laughs> you know, get as many, get as many as you can, you know, whatever you got to do. But, uh, uh, 
I, I run a lot of them. They tell me everything I need to know, and they, they help me more than anything. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Um, I know we got to get you in a tree stand, and that's where you need to be. But uh, do you have time just for a few, like, little quick questions and uh, maybe, like, sure one, one two-word answer type deals? Quick answers, yeah. yeah uh, what's your favorite hunt of all time and, and, and a quick why? My favorite hunt of all time would be the one that Eli uh, Eli shot a 154-inch deer called Mount Bigsley, uh, and he just got so emotional. That, that hunt sticks out. That'll always probably be my one of my favorite hunts. Lock on, ladder stand, ground blind or elevated blind. Uh, what's your choice? Man, I love to be able to see out of a lock on, but I love to get in the ground blind yeah. and, and get brushed in. And there's advantages to both. I, I like to be able to see though. I still use a lot of lock ons. And whichever one's going to get the job done probably is your favorite, isn't it? That's yeah. <laughs> and do you do you have the right tree? If you don't go with the ground line and make it look like a tree fell over brush that thing in to where you can't even tell it's there if you could suggest any guest for shed and i to have on here that that would be good uh, for listeners who would you recommend i'd probably say jeff Lindsay if you hadn't already had him okay good choice what's one thing in your hunting arsenal that you just can't live without A good woman at home is what you should say. <laughs> yeah, you can't make it happen. It'd have, it'd have to be a game camera. Okay. I've learned from doing this that if you don't mention your wife, they get mad. <laughs> yeah, I if, got a good one. If you could only have three songs on your uh, on your phone, your playlist, what would your songs be? Don't mess this up either. Yeah, this is key. Man. And whatever you do, don't say. What's the one shit? What? Uh, I listen to I listen to, now whenever I'm getting in hunting mode I'm listening to a lot of hard rock. Yeah, well, there we I'm go. I'm going back in high school, right? Metallica. That's right. There you Pantera. Go. I'm going. I'm going back to. I'm getting myself in the mood. So <laughs> uh, I don't know about particular songs, but that's that's where I'm going. Some heavy thumping hard rock. Nothing to cry pretty. I believe it was shit. So he's not listening to cry pretty shit. We know that. So yeah. A cry pretty song. I looked that up the other day. It was terrible. <laughs> it was. It doesn't sound like anything I'd be interested in. It had no, you weeping before you got to your tree stand. You know, you're crying and you're calling people. I'm sorry for whatever I did. To, you know, you can't hunt yeah, that, that way. Yeah. What's something unique about you, Doug, that that people may not know? Mm, something unique that people I make I make regular mistakes just like a beginner all the time i just try not to film them <laughs> um what's your favorite thing to do when you're not hunting think about hunting yeah it's always it's always revolves around hunting that preparation for hunting honestly that would be it preparation for hunting uh i find myself having way more fun getting ready than i do actually hunting What's the best advice anyone's ever given you? Best advice anyone's ever given me, um, I would probably say my stepdad had always told me, he said, son, when it costs you, you'll, you'll learn. Yeah. And so I, I'm very, very cautious whenever, uh, whenever I make decisions because I don't want it to cost me. Yeah. That's good advice. What's one state you've hunted, uh, have not hunted in, but would like to? 
I would have to just, I would probably have to go with Indiana just because yeah. I've hunted most, most of them. Kind of, kind of a sleeper there. It gets forgotten with the Iowa's Illinois. Uh, Indiana gets forgotten yeah. a little bit. Yep. Uh, Shed, you got uh, anything here as we close up? If you want to send me some uh, hunt stand or, or Onyx spots to your stands up there in Illinois and then let me know when you're not going to be there, I'll <laughs> go up and check it out for you. Well, you'd be glad to help manage I it, wouldn't you, Shed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll help manage it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I got you. It's it's going to be a very well managed property. I can promise you. That. How many acres do you have, Doug? Right now, um, I'm working on getting another. I'm in the process of getting another 140, but right now I've got 311. Perfect. What you know, as somebody looking to buy property for the first time, what's some of the hardest things that you that you experienced or, or, or dealt with? And you know, the old asking price is there is there much flexibility in that? What things you experience? Well, so. So here's the thing. I, I, I have learned a whole lot about buying a big chunk of property. Uh, down payment. <laughs> you have got to have the down payment. And let me tell you, it can be a lot. So you need to know, you need to know what you're going to be up against when you do it. And thank goodness I've made a lot of very good uh, business decisions in the past four or five years since I quit. Uh, since I quit pipelining and uh, I had plenty of equity and I had stuff to, stuff to put up against and I was able to able to swing that down payment and uh, but get ready that's a, that's a yeah. big one. What, you know? what kind of percentage they got 20 percent or they want more than that? Well that was the problem. I was ready for 20 percent. They wanted 30 because I was a new customer. Uh. Now let me tell you something 30 percent of that kind of money that's a lot. Yes, it is. Yeah, twenty percent is tough to swallow. Mr. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got yeah. you. Yeah, twenty percent is a lot to swallow. Thirty, that, that I, takes you on a whole nother level there. Um, Ooh, well, let me tell you, but it's all good now. Yeah. I got, I got her done, and you know, a lot of times it, I, I had to just tell myself, look, you only live once. This is your dream. At some point, you got to go for it. At some point, you gotta you gotta jump and you gotta see if you can make it. And uh, I, I felt like I made some very good calculated. Uh, everything's a risk, but make it a calculated risk. Think about it first. Yeah. And uh, if you if you see you can swing it, and the joy that you're gonna get out of owning your own land, oh wow! I, I can't. Uh, you know, my biggest thing whenever I bought it, I was gonna buy it. Uh, I was gonna see what I had on it and basically flip it. I don't see that happening. I fell in love with it, yeah. you know, and, and I see these, all those deer from last year, they made it and I've got people hunting around me, but, but they made it. And now I put the food in place to try to, you know, you're never going to hold a deer, but you can, you can, you can do your best to, to make him stay, to make him want to be there, give him everything he needs, the water, the food, the cover, and, uh, especially the food. So mm -hmm. I, I, I've, I put some money into the property to, to make it great. And, uh, I think the future, I think you're going to see, you'll, you'll see some slammers come out of it. Have your neighbors been pretty yeah. good as far as having the same management type, uh, thought and processes that you have? So I, so I, very, very quick story on this. I, I ended up, one of my neighbors got a hold of me and, uh, 
wanted to meet me and stuff like that just so we knew each other and he said man he said i've been letting letting go of a really nice 140 class nine point he said i just don't know how you feel about management i said buddy i've let that same deer go (laughs) (laughs) so so, uh I, i feel like i'm in a super good area and i've got i've got neighbors that are that are going to hold off and, and try to shoot mature deer. So the age class is there. The number of bucks I have is absolutely amazing. Last year I hunted, uh, I hunted five days on the place all year, only five days. Now, why did I only hunt five days? Because I had 183 and five eighths inch deer. I bet you're wondering how I know what he scores, <laughs> uh, that I was actually trying to hunt. And he got killed five days later, about uh, eight tenths of a mile. And so when I got the call that, hey, you can quit hunting now, I literally quit hunting then. And I I packed up and I went to Oklahoma. (laughs) Doug, how many days will you hunt in a year, in a season's time? I would say I hunt a minimum of 15 days a month. How many states is it typically you get in a year's time? Five, five to seven. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we said we was going to let you go five minutes ago, so I better better. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I've been I've enjoyed it, and I really appreciate you guys letting me come on here. So. Yes, sir. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time for us. And Shed, any any final words of wisdom? Just if you need help killing the big deer, let us know. Me and Joe here. <laughs> hey, here. I'm ready to help. I'll let you know. And, you know, and I feel that Arkansas connection with you with my daughter being down there. So, Doug, whatever you need, I'm well, here. I think, I think I'm, I'm here for you. Another call right now. <laughs> Hold on, let me, <laughs> hey, hey, thank you again for taking the time. Good luck out there in the woods. All right, we'll hey, talk to y'all. Yes, later. sir. Thank Take you. care, Doug. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for spending time today with Shed and I and our guest, Doug Hampton. There isn't a better family man or more passionate big buck hunter than Doug Hampton. Please check him out on social media and on YouTube, as well as his time with Jury Outdoors and now his new show, The Rival. Please assist the Fosha Creek Podcast by liking and rating today's episode and subscribing to our podcast. We are not sponsored, so please share our content with your hunting friends so we can get the content to them. Please join us on our next episode as we visit with Cody Robbins of Live to Hunt. And please remember, we learned everything we knew down on Fosha Creek.